Hey, all today's podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. So if you go into Crumble this week, you're going to realize so many of their cookies have gone pink. And they're actually in dedication to the late grandmother of the co-founder of Crumble, Sawyer Hemsley. Uh, his grandmother passed away after a 25-year battle with breast mm-hmm. cancer. So this week, Crumble and their cookies are going pink. And we start off with the raspberry lemonade, the perfectly tart and sweet. A lemon cookie smothered with a marbled swirl of lemon and raspberry frosting that features a fresh house-made raspberry jam. They have the pink donut as well. It's a soft vanilla cookie that's topped with a pink glaze and a splash of rainbow sprinkles and a hole just like the center of a donut. How about the pink velvet cake? A velvety soft pink sugar cookie topped with a layer of cream cheese frosting and a pink velvet cookie crumb. They have the cake batter blondie. It's a perfectly smooth cookie that's packed with these white drops and a delightful splash of pink and white sprinkles. How about the classic pink sugar, an all-time favorite, a vanilla sugar cookie topped with a perfect pink swoop of real almond frosting. And then you have that milk chocolate chip. It's the classic. It's the can't go wrong, the can't miss. It's there every single time you go to crumble. It's a thick and soft chocolate chip cookie packed with tons of milk chocolate chips on the inside. Go pick up a two-pack, a four-pack, a six-pack, or go buy and pick up just one cookie for yourself. It's Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. You can download the Crumble Cookies app, order online, and save the time, or go to crumblecookies.com. And here's the podcast. This is Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is October the 12th of 2022. And a shout out to the farmers out there today on National Farmers Day. Yes, they've got a lot going on right now. Uh, Yeah. What is harvest? Yeah, I saw that a bunch of uh, people are picking cotton right now. How about that? Yeah, and I've seen cotton pictures of families. You know, families going out and taking those pictures right before they pick the cotton, how pretty it is. Yeah, I've never done that before. Yeah. I've always thought about becoming a farmer. I don't know if it's a little late for that. I'm not sure. It's never late for anything. I always thought that would kind of be a fun deal, you know. And then I realized, wait a minute, they wake up earlier than we do to do this sometimes. Yeah, and then they stay up really late, too. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, they're in, in charge of their own destiny and control of their own destiny, maybe. Although they have a lot of cooler things now, farmers do, than they did back when we were, like, we knew what farmers were growing up. Because, like, everything is becoming more, techno- you know, technologically better. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of computerized stuff. Yeah, but you got to be halfway loaded to do that because that stuff's so <laughs> expensive. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this thing's going to be four million bucks. Do you need this for your farm? Yeah. So we'll celebrate farmers today. It's also uh, National Curves Day. So, all right, we'll celebrate that. I'm assuming that's about the females' curves, the anatomy. Is that? You know what? It's curves forever. We'll celebrate curves on everyone. National Gumbo Day, National Emergency Nurses Day. It's also National Stop Bullying Day, Take Your Parents to Lunch Day, all things that you can celebrate. <clears throat> I saw a deal this morning, and this is probably uh, from the file, like, not a good idea. <laughs> there was a youth pastor who decided he was going to do something to be funny uh, amongst his youth group. This is at the Fairview Baptist Church in South Carolina. Uh, This dude's now been put on administrative Mm. leave because people figure what he was doing wasn't quite appropriate. Uh, He thinks it's funny when he says, like, I love hot moms and stuff like that. You know, like you see those stickers and stuff like that. Yes. So he's trying to be trendy. Yeah. So he found some stickers that say, I love hot youth pastors. And he handed those out to the youth. (laughs) 
including uh, some 14-year-old girls. Okay. People in the church didn't think it was probably all that funny that the youth pastor Uh was handing out those stickers, Uh uh, and the guy's been told to take a little bit of a break. He now understands that maybe he shouldn't have shared those stickers with the underage students of the church. Or even the of-age students of the church. I think that's probably not the most appropriate thing. No, not for a youth pastor. So a shout out to the youth pastor of the Fairview Baptist Church, Corey Wall, who has decided to hand out those stickers. (laughs) Mm -mm. Can you imagine getting that call? You're a part of the church, and hey, a uh, dude over here has been handing out these stickers to the young girls. <laughs> he must not be married. I bet his wife would have been like, uh, you're not doing that. Oh, that might be it. Like he, nobody was just a little green. He's going to have to grow up. Yeah, somebody needs to smarten him up that maybe that's yeah. not the best look right there. So uh, we found that in the file of probably not a good idea. <laughs> so, Brandon Baxter in the morning. So I told everybody that um, my son was having to undergo some surgery. My wife (laughs) put him through uh, elective surgery. And I was like, Leslie, I don't know if we really need to put him through elective surgery. Uh, But she did. And there there was an outpouring of people from across the country who had sent well wishes and balloons and flowers. I just want you all to know, in case you worried about it, then my precious son, Murphy Lee, what the hook going to be? Uh-oh, I don't need no Murph and hook on this beat. He's my Cavalab Golden Poo or something. He's okay. If you're new to the show, if you're listening for the first time, Brandon calls his dog his son. Yeah. So his actual human son did not have surgery. I never said he did. Well, Why are you trying to make it sound like she elected for Kai to have surgery? No, because you like to you like to make it sound like that. No, I so, don't. no, I don't. I consider Murphy Lee my son. Did you get in trouble for what you said yesterday about your son? Uh, about uh, what? My son going to the bathroom in the backyard? You you said, "quote I am proud of my son for pooping in the backyard." Yeah. And I was just curious if your human son yes. might have gotten upset that you said that about your dog son. Yeah, what he said to me when I got home for lunch is, Dad, you're not funny. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Kai. Yeah, he's like, that's not funny. I heard you say that. I said, what did you hear? He said, you told everybody who listens to the show that I poop in the backyard. I said, no, I didn't. I said, Um, my son poops in the backyard. Yeah, you did. You that's love Murphy Lee. twisting your words, yes. I, I, I can't remember what I call him. Is it a Cavalab, a Golden Poo? You call a Cavalab, him something a golden different poo? every time. Well, he was originally a Cavapoo, and then he outgrew that. I, I believe whenever... Uh, maybe a there a standard was a, poodle. There was a mix-up litter or something yeah. there. So he did get to go and have his uh, his gimmicks cut. Yeah, my son was was uh, catching me up on all of your, your drama yesterday. Yeah, well, I appreciate Kurt. He was one of the people who sent flowers. He said that the song that you had playing in the background of Murphy Lee's um, <clears throat> surgery picture oh. was super funny. And I thought you'd be, I don't know, I thought you'd think it was funny that Kurt figured that out. Yeah, so if you didn't see my story on Instagram, uh, you probably don't know the song that I chose for Murphy Lee. Yes. Uh, this is the one I chose. <laughs> <laughs> he 
goes, Mom, Mom, listen to this. Is it saying what I think it is? He's half the man he used to be. Yeah. Yeah, so then there was a moment where he was trying to figure out what happened, and he looked at it. I'm talking about Murphy Lee, because Murphy Lee's like, wait a minute. No, there's like an incision, right? Something's missing, and he looked down there, and I accidentally got a glimpse of it. I don't think he thinks there's something missing. Oh, I think he knows. I think if you're a guy, you know. Typically, this happens with marriage, uh, but instead it happened with him at about 10 months old. Did you I saw it. I saw where they used to reside, and they're no longer residing there. And I was like, oh, wow, that's uh, that's intense. So knowing you, you probably kept them for like maybe uh, your uh, man cave. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see if uh, I'm going to talk to Dr. Reed later on this morning. Of course, we took him to vet care. He's mm-hmm. the man you need, Dr. Kevin Reed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe maybe he kept them for me. And if he did, we'll have a little celebration and I don't know, put him over the fireplace or something like that. Mm, but anyway. him right next to. OK. <laughs> what next to mine? <laughs> huh? Huh? Is that what you said? No. You inferred. No. You inferred a million percent. So for those of you who reached out and wondered and sent flowers and gifts and well wishes, Murphy Lee is doing okay. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out today to the U.S. Coast Guard. You know, they're out there helping people on the waters, right? Yeah. There's a wild story, and this happened just offshore of New Orleans, where three people go out in their fishing boat. It's a 24-foot boat. Something happened uh, around 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, and the boat took on some water, and it sank in the Gulf of Mexico. There's three people out there. They have their life jackets on, but the boat is underwater. So they're basically sitting out there, and they said they're 25 miles offshore. Nobody knows they're out there, right? And they're stuck in the water. The boat is gone. The life jackets are keeping them afloat, and they're out there like, is anybody ever going to find us? Can you imagine the anxiety? So the story is, I guess, uh, some people realize, hey, their people never came home. Like, they went out to go fishing, and they never came back. So they alerted the Coast Guard, and the Coast Guard went out, and when they got there, they saw that they were just floating in the water. Two of the guys were punching at the water because sharks were attacking. Yeah, so the Coast Guard pulls uh, these three people out of the water. One of them had hypothermia. Two of them had bite marks on their hands where they were fighting off the sharks. So here's to you, U.S. Coast Guard. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. And today's high five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. You can check availability in your area at rightfiber.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is October the 12th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. And we have Country Music News today on Blake Shelton. I don't want to scoot the boots of nobody. Get straight tequila drunk on so it's kind of a shocking day. Blake Shelton has revealed he is done with The Voice after next season. So uh, he's been on the show. And this is crazy when you think about the time. 
Uh, Blake's been on the show for 12 years. Wow. That means 23 consecutive seasons that he's been on the show. And he says next season's going to be his final season, uh, which is really wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far in the course of The Voice, Blake has won eight times as a team. Uh, and they're talking about who's going to be replacing Blake uh, going forward. They're not exactly sure who that person's going to be. But we do know who's joining uh, Blake for season 23. It's going to be Blake Shelton, Kelly Clarkson, Chance the Rapper, and Niall Horan from One Direction as uh, the coaches for the next season of The Voice, which just so happens to be Blake Shelton's last season. We have Country Muse today on CMT's Artist of the Year. And so this is a celebration. It's a big show, and it airs this Friday night. And more country stars have been revealed who are either going to be honored, performing, or presenting. So the honorees of the night who will all be performing as well, Carly Pierce, Cody Johnson, Kane Brown, Lainey Wilson, and also being honored and performing with the Artist of a Lifetime Award, Alan Jackson. Also being honored, Walker Hayes, and he's going to take the stage with Sierra. So, you know, she did my goodies in two steps, so that should yep. be fun. Other stars presenting, Chris Stapleton, Dan and Shay, Dustin Lynch, Rascal Flatts, uh, Gary LaVox, and Kelsey Ballerini. It all goes down this Friday night, the 14th. It's going to be 8 o'clock on CMT. It's CMT's Artists of the Year. And country music news today on Carrie Underwood. I'm gonna be your ghost story, you so Carrie Underwood has revealed her next radio single. Uh, this is off of her Denim and Rhinestones album. And the next song that she's sending out to country radio is called Hate My Heart. Here's a sneak peek at new stuff from Carrie. New stuff from Carrie Underwood, her next radio single. It's called Hate My Heart. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's morning show. Did you know Duncan claims they only serve freshly brewed coffee and they toss it out if it's not used within 18 minutes? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Come on, Duncan. Did you know the first man to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel and survive died 15 years later when he slipped on an orange peel and got an infection? That's not true. It is. He went over Niagara Falls. And and lived. That is crazy. Yeah. Did you know the guy who invented Vaseline supposedly ate a spoonful of it every day? And he lived oh. to be 96. Oh, my gosh. Why does that give me Just oh. a spoonful of Vaseline makes the medicine. Yeah. Oh, I know. my goodness. What do you even use that for? Um, chapped I, lips. I remember having that as a kid, but I don't think right. I bought Vaseline in a minute. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Glad you guys are here on National Farmers Day. So a shout out to the farmers out there who yeah. have already started their morning, mm-hmm. who have had their coffee, who are already out there in the field. Who have their boots on, and their jeans on, and their hats on, and whatever else they do, whatever else they wear. (laughs) You're envious, aren't you? I kind of wish I could dress like that. I guess I could dress like that, but I think people might think I look like an idiot. A poser. 
A poser. Yeah. I don't want to be a poser. No, they would know you. I think all the farmers would know you weren't a real farmer. You think they'd know? A million percent. If I was out there spitting. What? I'm a farmer When you now. think of farmers, you just think of spitting. I think of that, kind of, you know, and I think about little, you know, Daisy Dukes. You on, think they have a piece of hay in their mouth, too, don't you? Yeah, and a hat. Uh-huh. And probably, I don't know, like a bandana around their neck or something like that. Maybe we should introduce you to some some new some farmers. Maybe have you ever met farmers? No, I've met farmers before. Okay, a number of different farmers in my life. What you just have a very uh, I think I'd like that life. A weird picture in your head. I think I'd love to be able like to go out on a farm mm-hmm. and to be on a tractor all day and to be able to do whatever I want and not have to talk to people. It would be amazing. It'd Actually, be am- for you, that might be good. This might be the greatest life of all time. Yeah, I just get to wake up and do me all day. <laughs> But a shout out to all of the farmers out there working hard. Hard working combine driver, hogging up the road on my p- 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 flower, chugging like a lug at five miles an hour. Hey! On my international harvester. We do appreciate what you guys do out there. Well, I know you got working hard all day long. He just takes the tractor another round and pulls a plow across the And I think my deal is, you know, if I, if I was a farmer, I think girls would think that's kind of hot, right? You know what I'm saying? If I had a cool-looking tractor. She thinks my tractor's sexy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It really turns her on. Farmer B up in here. She's always staring at me while I'm chugging along. You like that, Farmer B? No? She likes the way it's pulling while we're tilling. She's the only one who really understands what gets me. She thinks my tractor's sexy. There you go, man. Of course, rain is a good thing for the farmers as well. Rain makes corn. Hey! Corn makes whiskey. Whiskey makes my baby. Feel a little frisky. Back roads are bogging up my buddy's pile up in my truck. We hunt our honeys down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Start washing all our worries down the drain. Rain is a good thing. Man, get out there and do your work this morning, all you farmers out there. In John This one's reaching a little bit. On a hot summer night. It is attractive. Billy Bob loves Charlie. All right. Let her sweet foot high. And the whole town said that he should have used. One of the things I realized on TikTok was how many people uh, listen to our show that are, are farmers out there and they yeah. have TikTok pages and they're showing all their different stuff. I know. It's really cool. So we need to get the invite to go down on the farm. Just country boys and girls getting down on the Who farm. wants us out there with you in the morning, y'all? Oh, that Inside those city limits I ain't no closing time I ain't no cover charge Just country boys and girls Getting down on the bar It's my plan, I'm going to go out to a farm and spit Maybe get some moonshine It's a good, good, good Good way to not get asked back No, this is what I'm thinking they do out there, right? Moonshine and spit Yeah Farmers, if you would like to call in 870-935-KFINE Alright, thanks tell, for- tell Brandon how it really is 
I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. A 56-year-old guy in Florida named Paul Sinclair is facing charges after he robbed a bank and used his finger as a gun. What? He walked into a Chase Bank in Largo, Florida around 1.30 in the afternoon, went up to a teller and held his hand under his shirt so it looked like a gun. He told the teller to open her drawer and not to push any buttons to trigger a silent alarm. So she complied, but didn't have much cash in her drawer. He only walked away with $120. Police tracked him down 10 minutes later and arrested him. They confirmed that at the time of his arrest, he was unarmed. He's facing a felony robbery charge and is being held on a $10,000 bail. But he did what we did as a kid. Yeah. Where you use your hand and right. you pretend. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if kids still nope. do that. Maybe not Probably the best thing. Not. Yeah, but as kids, we did that. Did, yeah, did you we did. Do that? No, I didn't. No, you never held up a bank? No. I didn't either. Mm-mm. Well, speaking of using your finger as a gun, what is the opposite of lady fingers? Ooh, goodness. What is the opposite of lady fingers? Mentos. <laughs> Get it? No, I get it. <laughs> and there's even more proof Ooh, that people are crazy. Brutal. Brandon Baxter in the morning. I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Boy. Happy birthday to Points. you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. It's Wednesday, October the 12th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities, here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Callie Garrett, who's turning 17 years old today from Morrillton. Happy birthday, Callie. Known her for a long time. Hope you have a great day today. Happy birthday, Callie. Also celebrating today, Kaylee Fink of Mark Tree is the big 13. A teenager. Happy birthday. Chrissy Davis of Lepanto turns 10. Brian Trich of Paragould. We have Tyler Bazard of Jonesboro celebrating. Lauren Anderson of Paragould. Ellen Porter in Harrisburg. Mike Stout of Jonesboro. Angela Gooding of Hickory Ridge. Jordan McLean from Wynn. And a big happy anniversary goes out to Donna and David Cronister, who celebrate their anniversary today. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Darcy Lynn Farmer is 18. She's the ventriloquist and the singer who won America's Got Talent when she was 12. Yeah. Happy birthday to Josh Hutcherson, who is 30. That was PETA in the Hunger Games. Kirk Cameron is 52 today. That was Mike Seaver on Growing Pains. The show was huge when we were here. It sure was. Happy birthday today to Hugh Jackman, extremely talented guy. He was Wolverine and also the greatest showman. Happy birthday to Sam Moore, who is 87, Hall of Famer, R&B legend, and the Sam of Sam and Dave. Here we go. Happy birthday to Sam Moore of Sam and Dave, who turns 87 today. And happy birthday to Marty McGuire, who is 53 from The Chicks. Marty McGuire of The Chicks celebrating a birthday today. 
Happy birthday, Marty. Marty McGuire of the Chicks is turning 53 today. Day goes out to my good friend Marty McGuire of the Chicks, mm-hmm. who turns 53 today. Happy birthday, Marty. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined by the man who tells all the freshmen <laughs> to refer to him as Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that makes you feel good. The one they call. And he's gonna be your Frankenstein. Dr. Shanesports! Dr. Shanesports! Dr. Shanesports! What's up, Dr. Feelgood? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing this morning? We're good. Man, I'm all right. I'm a little bit in mourning. My uh, my buddy, my son, was taken in for some elective surgery by my wife. And um, I don't know, man. I don't know about neutering a dog. What do you think about it? Uh, well, didn't uh, – what was that? Wasn't there, wasn't there a thing that, like, on The Price is Right, the guy used to say that all the time at the end of the show? Or I told him – yeah, I told him that yesterday. Bob Barker, spayed and neuter your pet, pets. Yeah, like, I mean, like, that was his thing. Like, I wondered – I guess everybody has their own, you know, own group that they go to for donations and stuff. I couldn't tell if that was his group or not. Cause like every show, that's what he said. Very important to him, I guess. And Dr. Spice, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Brandon's dog is the first dog that has ever had this type of procedure. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I kind of got the impression of that. Like uh-huh. I, was, I was waiting. I was flipping through channels. I thought, okay, Fox News is going to cover this. Okay. For a second. We're going to see this breaking across the union. And I, did, I missed it. I must have missed it. Um, Absolutely not. By the national networks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was. Mm. Yeah. His day was nuts. It was, you say, did you say absolutely nuts? Yes. <laughs> no, but it is. Only kinda, you guys can get away with that. Only you guys can get away with that. It is kind of crazy, though, when you think about, like, hey, let's just go ahead and remove them. Like, if, we, if you did that to me, well, could I live? Know, did they remove them, or did they just? Did they just disconnect them? No, they're gone. I was looking for them. Did you just Ooh. ask if you would live? Yeah, like if you if you remove mine, would I be able oh to live? Oh my gosh, someone come! Would get you me. be able to live? Yes. Well, yeah, you'd be able to live. Now, okay. Let's be clear. There's, you know, um, you're living proof, right? They produce hormones. There's hormone production there, so yeah. testosterone production and things like that that occur. So there would, um, you wouldn't be the same brand that we all know and love. I'll oh. say that. <laughs> Even with my testosterone replacement therapy at Elite Men's Health. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know, I'm one of those fans that, to be honest with you, your body does a better job than most things that, that we do um, externally. So I'm, I'm kind of a fan of your body taking care of yourself. All right, so I'm going to keep him for a minute. All right, so Dr. Spites is on Doc Talk with Dr. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is this the first week ever I haven't texted you with some type of ailment? Um, I was, You know, it's funny you said that. I was just wondering that yesterday. I was like, surely there's something going on, like there's a hangnail <laughs> right. or... He bumped his head or scraped mm-hmm. his knee, but I hadn't heard from you. 
I am drastically losing weight and I can't figure it out. Brandon, so. it is not drastic. I've lost t- about 10 pounds. I don't even know where it went in like two or three weeks. I haven't weighed and I got on there this morning and I was like, wow. Would you have rather gained 10 pounds and not known where that came from? No, I'd much rather lose the weight, but I'm not okay. exactly sure what I did. And I wish I could figure did it out. Did you change anything? No, no activity, no diet, no. I mean, I've had patients that have like, hey, I decided to just stop drinking you know, maybe I drink three Cokes a day. I started, I'm only drinking one. And like, literally they will lose weight in no time. It's amazing how much sugar's in those and how much weight you can drop quickly just by doing that. Let's talk about that though, because you know, for me, like I, and I thought about this, I go and I get a meal and I feel like there's gotta be something other than water, right? It's either going to be a Coke, a Dr. Pepper or uh, a Cerveza, right? Uh, because to me, that's what the food is meant for. And like water is too plain for it. But legitimately, we probably should be eating our food with uh, with water, right? Oh, 100%. And technically speaking, and I don't ever do this. Let me be clear about this. Technically speaking, you should have your, your fluid or your water after you finish the meal, not with the meal. Like you oh. should actually eat the meal, and then you should have the water afterwards, which is weird. I, don't, oh. I mean, I, just, I don't do that, but technically speaking, that's recommended as a healthier approach. Now, why would that be healthier? I guess it's just because you, in terms of what you fill up on, I mean, because, and that's another hmm. thing too, actually, I'm going to reverse that. If you're trying to lose weight, drink a large glass of water before you eat because there are, because the way your stomach works and the way your, your body sends all these signals and hormones, and there are things, there are stretch receptors actually in your stomach. And so if you fill your stomach up with something, then that starts sending signals to the brain saying, hey, I'm pretty close to getting full here. You need to slow down or whatever, hmm. you know, whatever happens. And people can actually stretch their stomachs out or they can shrink them down. Like if you, if you start eating less meals, that's where some of these, um, I'll use the word fad diets come in where, you know, hey, it's intermittent this, or we're going to do small, I'm going to do, you know, nine small meals a day, or, you know, some of that is based on the stretch receptors in the stomach. Interesting. Hey, let's talk about, you mentioned the sugar thing. I think that's interesting because uh, let's say you cut out two, two soft drinks a day, right? And you start to lose oh, yeah. weight. Is it really because your body <clears throat> just gets that sugar and we don't really have a way to process it or what causes the weight gain from sugar? It's the high fructose corn syrup that's in all the sodas. That's what it is, and which is basically like a super-packed sugar. And what happens is, is your body typically, when it takes something in, it's like use it or store it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, use it, store it, or pass it on for yeah. the most part. Um, well, when it comes to sugars like that, it tries to store it. It Because, you know, it's like, well, I don't know, you know, I, mean, I may need this energy somewhere, somewhere else down the line. Let's go ahead and store it. And so that high fructose corn syrup, it, I mean, I'll be honest with you, in a lot of scenarios, that's the bane of our existence uh, in terms of diabetes, in terms of heart disease, in terms of just fatigue and, um, and promoting physical inactivity. Um, so truly, I have had patients that have lost a ton of weight just by cutting those out. And I'll, you know, and I'll come in or they'll come in and say, hey, you know, I've lost 15 pounds. I said, what did you do? And they said, doc, I just cut out sodas. I said, that's all you did. I said, you didn't go to the gym. He said, nope, I just cut out sodas. Like I have actually seen that um, in, in, in several patients of mine. You know, it's crazy too. <clears throat> and I thought about this the other day, just the, the sheer amount of calories that many of us take in just from beverages. Uh, and I'm not oh, even yeah. talking about, you know, alcoholic beverages, but from soft drinks and things of that nature, we don't really think about that. We think about the calories in the food. We're not really thinking about the calories that we're just taking in, be it from your, your, you know, jacked up coffee or your soft drink or whatever. You're absolutely right. And we talk about the number of calories per day that really you need just to sustain yourself we typically go way above that by the time you hit noon. Yeah. And then for most of us, um, you know, you'll eat lunch and then you'll snack in the afternoon. And then we eat these big heavy meals at dinner. And then what do we do? Well, we sit around and watch TV or then we go to bed. And so yeah. then you get these big heavy meals. And that's why 
they, um, when we talk about, again, the healthiest approach, it's really flipped from what we do here now and in terms of our current society. We should be eating our heaviest, largest meal at breakfast. Oh, wow. Because then, you know, our physical activity continues throughout the day, so we can burn that off. And then you have a decent meal at lunch, and then the lightest meal of the day is actually dinner or supper. Exactly the opposite of what most of us do. How important is right. breakfast? Because uh, just to be very blunt, me and Kelly – we really don't eat breakfast. We start really early in the morning and we kind of just get going and it's like, you know, it's bam, bam, bam. We really probably don't eat until sometime afternoon and we've been up since, you know, 3.30 a.m. How important is breakfast as a meal? It, I mean, it really is important, but you're not unique. I'll say this. You and Kelly, you're not unique. I've got a lot of patients, a lot of young patients I see. They just get breakfast all together. Um, interestingly, I had, I had one and we were, I was going through because she was having, you know, issues with fatigue and things of that nature. And I was talk, kind of talking through it. And kind of figured out, okay, you hadn't eaten in like, I mean, like 14 hours. Like you don't, just the way you're, you know, because, you know, you're in college or you're in grad school or you're, you know, you know, you got something going on and you got this specific schedule that you're in. Well, you kind of, things kind of just go to the side. Well, you know, I'll, I'll eat when I get hungry or I'll, I'll eat. And I get that, but you really should be eating a good substantial breakfast. If you're on a normal routine, what I mean by that is, most people, you get up in the morning, and I'm going to work, I'm going to school, I'm doing something all day long. So I'm, I've got activity all day long. You need that larger breakfast to sustain you um, and to get you through most of the day. And really, that's also in terms of calories. We were just talking about that. In terms of calorie balance, burning calories and taking calories in, that's a healthier approach. As opposed to taking those big meals in the evening and then just sitting around not doing anything and letting it sit there on your stomach. So my bodybuilding stuff I like to look at talks about <clears throat> the importance of protein in the morning, right? And they call eggs like the perfect protein. Right. I don't really like eggs all that much. But then the other part of that is you need the carbs for the energy and uh, the slow digesting or, or whatever carbs. Uh, and oatmeal is really talked about as being a great source of carbs for breakfast. And I don't like oatmeal either. So if I don't really like eggs and I don't really like oatmeal, but I would love to have like a bacon croissant, <laughs> well, am I better off not to eat or what, what should I do there? You know, the croissant's not bad. We, we, you want to, you don't, first of all, you don't want to do too much of anything. So you don't want everyone to just hone in on just as, okay, this is all I've eat, and I don't really, um, you know, have any variation at all. So variation's important. So in the mornings, um, it's a real good time to add fruit, fruits, yogurts. Um, you know, you, there are things other than, than oatmeal that you could eat. Um, and so there's lots of other options. Um, on that piece of it, you don't eat any cereal or anything like that. Like most people are just kind of cereal eaters. No, I mean, I don't want that much sugar early in the morning. I guess I could eat maybe a a non-sugary cereal, but I kind of look at that like, what's the point of having cereal with no sugar? (laughs) It's just not going to taste the same. Yeah, I guess I could see that. But once we get on a diet, here's what's crazy about like our bodies. Once we get on the diet, that becomes our normal, and we don't have those cravings anymore. If you're on a deal where you eat sugar and a bunch of sugar or a bunch of junk food, it's easy to stay on that track. But once you go a number of weeks off of that, in some cases, those cravings go away. Absolutely. And the same thing happens, by the way, you started the conversation talking about soft drinks. The same thing happens if you start replacing your soft drinks with water you'll get to the point where, to be honest with you, what will happen is you'll kind of move away from those soft drinks and you get used to drinking the water. Mm. And what ha- then when you have a soft drink, it tastes really sweet and it just it, it tastes different because you've been off them. Yeah. Dr. Shane Spites joins us this morning. Hit me with something that you've learned this week that we don't know about yet. You know, a couple of things. There was a study that came out. Um, have you heard anything about taking a cold shower or a cold swim? Have you heard about the health effects of that? You know what? Uh, our buddy Eric Birch used to tell us we should do that every morning. I tried it once, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's kind of tough to do. 
It is. So they looked, uh, this was, uh, they went through and reviewed about 105 studies over this. And there's actually really good evidence of um, cold shower, uh, cold swim in the morning. Um, so it's something that, I mean, in terms of actually it, it burns fat uh, for you, burns the bad fat for you, um, increases mental health, increases cardiac health, increases libido. Um, there's a lot of things that are positive. And what you can do for most people who don't want to just jump into a cold shower or jump into a cold um, pool, what you can do is just in your normal shower, start turning the temperature down. Toward the end of your shower, just turn it down to where you turn it down to uh, to what's actually just cold water and hang out there for 30 to 60 seconds, and you'll get those wow. benefits. Okay. So so you can kind of, does that make sense? No, and I like that better because what I was told to do was just have it on cold to start with and get in, and that's, that shocks your body. So if you get your body nice and warm, and then you get to right. the point where maybe you're starting to get too warm, it's easy to start to crank it down. It's much tougher just to hop into cold water. That's exactly right, and so and there's not a, it's not a one size fits all, and so that's why there's these different different approaches to it. But the the article that I was reading said that you know the the way most people could kind of get used to this is to do it that way, where you get in, um, and I find I'll be honest with you, I do this so like when I run, you know, when you run you get hot, and so when I get into the shower, I don't want to get in a hot shower, yeah. and so it's kind of a lukewarm or a cooler shower because it helps me cool off, and so I'll do it more. I don't do it every day, but I'll do it when I run. Do you ever worry about the Costanza effect? Mm-mm. Not at all. Not in the least bit. Well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you got any? Strangely enough, I know exactly what oh you're referring to. Gosh. Way to brag. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> you got anything oh else? Well, um, um, <laughs> I don't know. We might be done here. Is it? Okay. You like call or, man, that, wait, wait. If you um, think we should be done, we can be done. <laughs> Do you uh how about it? Do you sleep with a weighted blanket? I do not, but I've heard that those are great. Well, so we found the the evidence on that, and here's why. Um, the reason why is because it actually increases melatonin release. Oh so wow. for individuals who are having trouble sleeping, this is important. So uh for any of your listeners that are that just have trouble sleeping, they might try a weighted blanket. There's different weights, and so you'd have to try kind of different weights, but the studies are showing now that it actually promotes melatonin release. And so they've looked at this and seen increases in melatonin release for individuals who use a weighted blanket. So for those that are having trouble sleeping at night for different reasons, now sleep hygiene is a big deal. And you hear me talk about that. We talk about the kind of the three things in terms of total health. We talk about your diet, your activity, and your sleep cycle or your sleep hygiene. And sleep is really, really important. And really, I mean, it's almost like a three-legged stool. Like if you you can't just do one. I can't just go exercise and ignore my diet and ignore my sleep hygiene. You got to look at all three. And so we don't talk enough about that. I wish we we did. But um, this is something that can improve people's sleep. If you're having trouble sleeping or falling asleep or staying asleep at night, you might try a weighted blanket. Like what do they weigh? Are they like five pounds, ten pounds? I have no they, clue. They they come in different sizes. That's exactly right. They come in different sizes. I think they they start off like a pound, and you can get different um, you can get different weights. Um, in terms of, um, you know, and, and I think you just have to kind of try it out. And say, I, mean, I, I don't have one. Yeah. Um, I've seen them before, and I've kind of felt them. And, and they do feel heavier, um, but this is the first time I've seen data to support um, melatonin release in terms of use, using them. There you go. We learn something new every week with this guy right here. He is Dr. Feelgood himself, Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State, and he is not worried about the Costanza effect. So 
Nice talking no, to you. You, you, guys, you guys are nuts. You guys are crazy. <laughs> we'll see you, man. Have a good day. Bye. This is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. We can change anybody, can't we? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Scott Wilhite, who's on to talk about an event that's going to be happening here in just a couple of weeks. It's a roast and toast of Danny Ford, you know, from Glen Sane. Uh, <laughs> Scott, what's up, man? How are you this morning? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm in a Little Rock uh, doing my job down here, but uh, getting ready for this event. Um, it's a week from Saturday. We're excited to be at the Embassy Suites. This will be our second year to uh, conduct the event. And uh, so we're looking to have a full house and raise some money for some kids. Yeah, I think that's what's so neat, uh, and we'll talk about kind of the roast and toast and why this is happening for Kids' Chance of Arkansas in just a second. But you mentioned you're down there in the capital city. What's happening in Little Rock this morning? Well, I'm a, uh, I am work for the Workers' Comp Commission now. I practiced law in Jonesboro for about 25 years, but down here now doing this full-time. So I'm spending time in Jonesboro and spending time in Little Rock for work. Yeah, and you get to be an ambassador for Northeast Arkansas in Central Arkansas, which is great. It's it's really been a blessing to to become a part of the Workers' Comp Commission and then see the Kids' Chance organization unfold in front of me and, and to become a part of that. Well, I think that's one of the things I wanted to, to talk to you about as we prepare for this roast and toast. Uh, I was asked uh, a number of weeks ago if I would be there and kind of help to host it and kind of guide people through the event that night. Again, we're going to roast Danny Ford from Glen Sane, which when you see Danny Ford on TV, you're like, who in the world is going to have something to say about Danny Ford? But Scott, you're pretty <laughs> sure we got people, right? I've been told that there's a few people that have some great stories on Mr. Ford. I don't know them, but... Uh... I'm looking forward to hear them, but uh, this organization, guys, um, Kids Chance of Arkansas, I've been a part about a year and a half now oh. as a board member, and we raise uh, money for college scholarships for kids um, whose parents are injured or killed in work accidents, and that's mm. part of my job is to monitor those type of things uh, for the Work Comp Commission. So last year we had the event, we honored former Mayor Perrin. I think we awarded approximately 22 scholarships as a result of our work last year, oh, which wow. that event is a big part of it. Right. No, it's incredible. And I guess I didn't really, I've never really thought about the need, you know, if, if somebody's injured at work or heaven forbid somebody passes away, who's going to be there to kind of make sure that the kids get the education. There's a component of that that I've never really thought of, but I think that's what's great about kids chances. It's right there to pick up on areas that maybe most of us don't even think about on a regular basis. Yeah, and I went to a uh, an awards banquet two years ago and took my two daughters, mm-hmm. and we were all so moved. You know, my result or my thought was I need to be a part of this organization. So when I took over the labor commissioner position down here in Little Rock, that was is one of the first things that I did is became a board member on Kids Chance. And to see those kids show up in at the governor's mansion each year and receive a scholarship, knowing that they may not have another avenue of uh, funding their college education it is really rewarding uh, to uh, work and put on these events and, and see that as a result. I was looking through some of the data, Scott, and one of the, the numbers I saw was Kids Chance of Arkansas and the scholarship program has awarded 478 scholarships already 
totaling $963,375, which when you think about the, the, the number of people that have been affected through this organization, uh, that's a really incredible number. 478 scholarships that have been given to people who otherwise might not have had the chance to go in for that schooling. And, you know, I mean, I, my kids are, are – I've got one in college and one about to be, and it's just so personal to me now when you see someone uh, in that situation that you know may not have two parents or may not have any that would support them, and you're able to hand them a check knowing that they're going to go to school for the next couple of semesters. You know, so it it is truly a great organization that um, uh, the, the result is really personal and real. You can find out more about Kids Chance Arkansas when you go to kidschanceAR.org. So it's kidschanceAR.org. And again, we're doing the roast and toast of Danny Ford. It's going to be happening October the 22nd. It's a Saturday night at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center. I was thinking about this a second ago, Scott. You know, we're going to have people up there, and it's going to be friends, and it's going to be family roasting Danny Ford. And I just realized this. It clicked in my mind. He spent, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years going on television and radio making fun of people he knows. His stories are basically poking fun at people in his real life. Oh, no. This is payback. Uh, yeah, and um, I, I'm so looking forward. Lindsay, his granddaughter, uh, has identified several people who have the inside scoop on <laughs> Danny. So uh, we're all going to get that inside scoop week from Saturday. Lindsay's the one that'll get in trouble. Oh, no, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she's going to be one of the roasters, too, so that's a little bit of a twist. I think the best part about the roast is at the end, he gets to make the comeback, Mm -hmm. and there's no telling what he's going to have. But I don't know if he knows that. Maybe I need to text him and let him know he needs to be prepared to roast back. I'll work on that, okay? (laughs) Great, great thought. Again, kidschanceAR.org if you want to find out more. And we're we're so excited to have this as our second event a week from Saturday. You know, we're selling tickets. Um, you you can get on the uh, website and uh, get information about tickets or tables if if anyone is interested in attending. All right, Scott Wilhite joins us this morning live from Little Rock. Have a great morning, man, and we'll see you in a week and a half. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Dr. Dana Watson from Family Zinc Counseling Services. She is a clinical psychologist. And out of all the people we talk to, with the exception of maybe Trish Stratus, I get more nervous talking to Dana mm-hmm. because she's a clinical psychologist. <laughs> That's so crazy. Good morning to both of you. Morning. Good morning, clinical psychologist. How are you this morning? He thinks you can read his mind. <laughs> Just let him keep thinking that. I, I hope my kids think the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, you can figure people out. Hey, I love what we're going to talk about today. And the reason I love it is because randomly the other day, Kelly and I had this conversation and it was about how, in my opinion, uh, a lot of the most negative stuff that we hear about ourselves is coming from ourselves. So today's topic of silencing your inner critic, I think this is perfect timing for what we talked about earlier on this week. Fantastic. Let's jump in. So I think sometimes, uh, and we talked about this, we don't even realize what we're saying to ourselves and how much influence maybe our thoughts and our self-talk have over us. And, you know, I know when I was doing my wrestling stuff, I, I would give myself those pep talks. Hey, go out there and kill it and blah, 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 blah. I do the same thing before, you know, the show. I do the same thing before I host uh, events or ace eight football. Uh, the way I talk to myself really makes a difference in how well I do and 
uh, how much I enjoy what I'm doing. Because if I go in there and think, oh, no, this is going to go bad, more than likely there's a chance it's, it's not going to be my best. But if I go in there with the confidence, it's a game changer. Well, you said it perfectly. I mean, uh, there's another leadership expert named Wright Thurston, and he said that positive self-talk is the most powerful form of communication because it is either going to empower you or defeat you. And our inner dialogue is really just a combination of our conscious and unconscious thoughts, you know, our general perception of ourselves and our environment. And a lot of the boys that we have come from how we were spoken to as children. I mean, some of it has been influenced along the way, of course, by experiences and relationships that we've had, both positive and negative. Um, But it's important that we're mindful of our inner voice and our thoughts and exactly how those words are influencing us. Um, Because when we realize that the way we're speaking to ourselves influences our mood, our stress level, our behavior, our choices, ultimately, it's going to influence how our whole life plays out. So I'm sure there's a really big difference between how an optimist would talk to themselves uh, with very different self-talk than a pessimist would talk to themselves with. Oh, for sure. You know, people who have um, more of an optimistic or positive outlook, we call them optimists. They um, generally expect mostly good things they tend to have much more encouraging and healthy self-talk, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's not to say that they can't have all the same doubts or get nervous or feel rejected. But overall, just fundamentally, they're pretty content and satisfied with themselves, which we've talked about, you know, on other shows. And they were probably um, spoken to more kindly and gently in a more affirming way as a child. They were probably securely attached to their caregivers and overall felt pretty loved and pretty safe. And so the, so they knew that even if they failed or if they disappointed a caregiver, no one was going to stop loving them. Right. So as adults, they can anticipate that life is going to work in their favor most of the time. And when it doesn't, they know they're able to change course if they do fail because their inner voice gives them the old that's okay, you tried and you learned something, now get up and dust yourself off again. But so for those of us who who might talk to themselves in a mostly negative way, uh, maybe it's because of different experiences in childhood and the way we were raised, right? Well, in a lot of cases, yes, because those people who tend to have more negative self-talk, they might have heard messages like, you know, there's no way that's going to work, or second place is the first loser, you don't have what it takes, you're lazy. And then even the nonverbal messages were similar, like you're not as good or pretty or smart or cool as your sibling, or you'll never amount to anything, so don't even bother because you're a disappointment. Mm. So sometimes caregivers, you know, their caregivers might have been preoccupied, or maybe they were sick, maybe they were mentally ill, and the children learned not express their needs, or when they tried, they were shut down, um, or even told they were selfish. So really, what else could these people do but learn to head off any kind of pain or risk um, or rejection by learning how to talk to them, talk themselves out of even trying? Right. So if you anticipate failure, you don't risk as much. You don't try as often. You don't lose as often. People don't laugh at you. And um, really, they don't ever have to realize how you, in your own mind, feel very unlovable. Wow. I mean, that's that's heavy right there. So, so, I mean, really, if we reflect on it, for those of us who might, you know, kind of talk or think, have negative thoughts or something like that, 
it really could be our parents' fault, right? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes, yes, it is. You know, and it's just, it's also possible that the rejection or the disappointment, you know, that they felt when they didn't make the cheer team um, made them come to the faulty conclusion that they were too clumsy or too fat. Or when they weren't invited to a popular kid's birthday party, maybe they began to wrongly see themselves as different or unlikable. And I feel like you're tapping on my shoulder today with with all this stuff. Uh, so obviously we talk to ourselves, and when we talk to ourselves, we can increase our own stress levels, and we can make ourselves feel bad. We can make ourselves feel insecure about ourselves. And, and literally, that kind of conversation probably stops us from taking chances or trying new things, I would assume. Yeah. I have a plaque in my office that says, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many patients I've seen study that plaque and want to talk about it. Not failing for some people is almost a foreign concept. If they've never felt successful, even when they were, um, a lot of times it's because that voice is still there always to tell them they could have done it better. So-and-so would have done it better. Nobody really likes them anyway, so it doesn't matter how they did it. Blah, blah, blah. I feel that. But my patients who have more healthy self-talk say things like, oh, I'd be an astronaut or a race car driver or the CEO of a Fortune 500 company because they're happy with who they are and what they're doing. So all of the things they imagine get to be so much more fun and grandiose. You know, they're not nearly as scared to dream or to envision themselves succeeding at something. But I can see that being like kids, you know, kids have all those big dreams and they're going to tell you what they want to do. And it's something that, you know, that maybe as adults, we don't dream the same way. We don't dream as big because of the way we talk to ourselves and and that type of stuff. But I would assume kind of like we were talking about the other day that uh, most of us talk to ourselves more harshly or more critically than we talk to other people. We're doing that to ourselves. And that's wild to me. Man, I think that's true for a lot of us. You know, uh, we tend to be kinder and more forgiving toward other people, at least outwardly, but then also be harder on ourselves. You know, but I'll tell you this. If you show me a person who belittles or demeans others, I can promise you that no matter how they seem on the outside, whether they seem full of themselves or confident, they are miserable people who think very little of themselves. Mm -hmm. It is incompatible, which we've talked about before to be truly happy with yourself while looking for uh, the faults in other people. So you mentioned how some of our self-talks comes from, you know, we learn stuff from childhood and from other relationships from the past. Uh, And I think about Kai, right? I think about how he sees me talk to myself and uh, what I say, maybe what I don't say, but what he knows I'm thinking. Uh, And it's really wild how I can influence his feelings about himself. And I had this discussion with my wife pretty early on, you know, because you look in the mirror and you see, oh, it's weight or whatever. And he hears us talk about that. And then you see him looking in the mirror uh, the same way. It just really makes me realize how important it is that we as parents model that healthy self-talk, especially when maybe even, you know, even on the inside, I might be down on myself. Kai doesn't need to see that. You know, I. You're so right, and I love this quote. It says, take care of how you speak to yourself because you are listening. And I think we could even extend that to say, take care of how you speak to yourself because you're listening, and so are the little people around you. Mm -hmm. You know, we want the message to ourselves and our children and loved ones to be, I love you as you are. You don't have to be anything or do anything or achieve anything other than to be you. 
in order to be loved by me. You know, win or lose, you're loved. First place or last place. I encourage you to try and try again if you want to. Um, We humans are only going to do what we think we might be able to do. So we're never going to try anything if we genuinely believe that we're going to fail, right? It's counterintuitive to try something believing you're going to fail. Our our bodies nor our emotions could survive that. Dr. Dana Watson from Families, Inc. is on with us this morning. We're talking about how we talk to ourselves and how important that is. Uh, What if we didn't get a great message from from our parents? There's people out there who probably didn't get that. Uh, How do we create that self-talk that says, hey, I love me for who I am. I love you for who you are. And I'm going to love you even if this doesn't work out. I'm going to love myself if I get more wrinkles, if you have to go through divorce, you know, if you knock over your drink at dinner. How do you start creating that self-talk? Start by paying attention for a week of what you catch yourself thinking or saying. Write it down. You know, write down the good and the bad comments. When you were nervous, what did you say to yourself? When you were disappointed, what did you tell yourself? When you looked really great, what did you tell yourself? Or did you go a whole week without thinking something really nice about yourself at all? All right. That hits too. Uh, so, so if I'm in a good mood and I, I notice, uh, you know what I'm saying about myself and, uh, and it's different, you know, I'm kind of more positive. And, uh, if I'm in a funk, I can be more aware of the self-talk that might be, you know, keeping me in that funk and sabotaging me. I think it's really important for us to, to really listen to that, that what we're saying really will impact everything that we do and how we think about ourselves. Exactly. You know, the the goal is just to begin to create awareness of what's going on inside of you. And honestly, it might blow your mind. You know, maybe you'll be pleased to hear the kindness and the gentleness and the way that you comfort yourself if you're stressed or you feel rejected. Maybe maybe you'll hear words um, uh, like negative confidence boosters, uh, busters that mm-hmm. you can work to alter uh, to be more realistic and supportive. And if you do hear really harsh and critical language, notice how it makes you feel, how it makes you act toward other people, and how it just affects your overall energy. So really what we should do is we should think about uh, talking to ourselves in the same way that we would talk to a child or maybe somebody we were trying to build up because they're struggling. We need to talk to ourselves that same way. That's a very good point, but a lot of people may not know how to do that if it was not modeled for them. Right. So for them, speaking that way to themselves might seem fake or foreign. I had a, I had a friend once um, who was blown away when she first heard how I speak to my children because I say things like, precious girl, would you get mommy her glasses? Or I know you're so proud of yourself for how hard you worked, and I am too. I was socialized by my mom to speak that way to myself and to others, so it's natural and and genuine for me. But if you weren't raised that way, you can start today by saying literally one encouraging and affirming thing to yourself um, and to every person that you cross paths with. Man, I'd like to challenge everybody to do that today and to kind of think about that. But so let's say we've had a long history of negative self-talk. Uh, does that mean it's going to take us a while to to change and to get to where we need to be? Well, we're always speaking to ourselves. So really, I would say, along with your challenge, why not just start the process of speaking more lovingly and encouraging to yourself? You know, if you tend to have a negative outlook, don't expect to become like a self-loving optimist overnight. Right. But with practice, 
your self-talk really will begin to contain less self-criticism and more self-acceptance. You know, you'll catch yourself being critical and you can change that. You can, you can be aware of it and you can make a decision to change it, um, both about yourself and about the world around you. And, and if nothing else about that is selling to people, I would, I would encourage them to know, to remember that there are so many emotional and physical effects, um, to becoming more healthy and developing more positive self-talk. So I think there's going to be a lot of people who hear us, uh, you know, talk through this this morning, and they're going to realize that their own self-talk is kind of hurting them and tearing them down or maybe holding them back. And uh, if you're in that situation and you're like, hey, I need somebody to help guide me through this, to help me take those first steps, that's what Families, Inc. is there. Go talk to a counselor or a therapist at Families, Inc. Uh, you can call 870-933-6886. That's 870-933-6886. And the key is you owe it to yourself to get on the journey of becoming better, to loving yourself, to feeling more comfortable in your own skin, uh, and really cranking up the enjoyment of your own life. That is in your hands. You just got to reach out and grab it. You can also find out more about Families, Inc. all around the area at familiesinc.net. And Dr. Watson, obviously, every time we get to talk to you, um, you know, we appreciate that. We know that a lot of people line up to chat with you and uh, for you to do this for so many people around Northeast Arkansas. It's a blessing to a lot of people. We hear from people who, when we're done, uh, they reach out and they, you know, they talk about you and what you did and what you said and how that's impacted them. And uh, we just really appreciate your time. Well, I love every bit of it. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful week. All right, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the ray of sunshine known as Rodney Poff from Jonesboro Occasions Magazine. <laughs> Hello. Well, oh, there you go. What's up, Mr. Sunshine? How we doing? Uh, we're doing all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Alicia Bellotto's on the cover of Occasions. This marks, uh, what is it, almost 15 years of me not making oh, the cover? Oh, here we go. There are certain streaks that you should be proud of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And we're very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> and now, even if I did something remarkable, you guys would not want to do that to not break the streak. They could well, put me on the cover just to I mean, spite you. No. What, what, no. Are, what are the odds? Uh, what are the odds of me ever making the cover? No, Meet Kelly of remarkable. Brandon and Kelly. <laughs> Hey, somebody get uh, Dr. Watson back on the phone, please. I need to By the way, I don't know if your oh, audience uh, paid attention, but within 10 seconds of her getting on the phone yes. earlier, uh-huh. she said, you're crazy talking to you. No, she yeah, didn't. that was yes, a quick. Did. did she? Did. <laughs> she's, she's really good. It didn't she take really long is. to diagnose me. Uh, anyway, uh, Rodney Poff comes in. We talk about the things happening around the area. He educates us. He gets us ready for events. Uh, there's actually something kicking off today at the library. There is. At the uh, Craighead County Jonesboro Public Library, uh, they will host the Foundations of Investing. This is at noon in the round room. Uh, financial advisor Jonathan Wright will explain different approaches to investing. You can call 935-5133 or go to libraryinjonesboro.org. That's something I've always wondered about because, you know, we're like, oh, where's our money going to go? We pay this, we pay this out of our checks, but is it going to be there when it's time for us to need it? Right. So the idea of maybe having a diversified way of looking at life is kind of interesting. Do you invest? A little. Okay. Can you help me or should I go to this? No, you should go to this. (laughs) (laughs) What else you got going on? Uh, A reminder, tomorrow night, the Travis Tritt, uh, Chris Jansen can't miss tour. Yeah. Is going on. That's going to be at the First National Bank Arena, seven thirty, FB or FNBarena.com or nine seven two two seven eight one. 
It's going to be a great show. I think so. Mm. I'm a big Travis Tritt fan. I, I saw him uh, years and years ago, and it, it, he's he's awesome. You know, I think he, he might be, oh gosh, he might be the first country concert that I saw when I moved to Arkansas. I think it was Travis Tritt. Oh, really? And I had the chance to meet him that night, too. And he was the first country star I ever met. Wow. So, yeah, the idea that he's back and that's going to be a big show tomorrow night. If you're a fan of that 90s, or early 2000s country, it's going to be great. And people have told me Chris Jansen is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really great, can play all those instruments on stage. Kind of like if you've been to a kid rock show, uh, mm-hmm. then Chris Jansen's really that talented, too. Mm. So uh, that's tomorrow. Again, tickets at uh, fnbarena.com. Uh, let's see. Coming up on Friday, the Foundation of Arts will present Annie Jr. at the Forum. Um, tickets will be purchased purchased online or at the box office. Um, where am I at? Oh, go to foajonesboro.org or call 935-2726. Michael Weavers was telling me last week you're one of the worst golfers he's ever seen. Yeah, he should say that. <laughs> he, no, he did. He said you're terrible at Brandon, it. all because you do is try to start stuff. What, why would I make that up? That's what Michael Weavers said. Mm-hmm. Number one. I'm going to call him when I leave. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I don't recommend that. Uh-huh. He, he, he didn't want people to know that sure. publicly. Sure. So he oh, just, but you'll say it. No, but, I, I, but mm. yeah, don't ask him about that. He might deny it. He'll probably <laughs> lie about it. He'll probably okay. deny it. Yeah, we're going to have a discussion. Uh, leave it alone. Uh, so Annie Jr., foajonesboro.org to find out more right, about that's that. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. Um, and then also Saturday. The uh, Downtown Jonesboro Alliance will host DJA's Fall Fest 2022 at the Rotary Centennial Plaza from 9 to 2 Saturday. The event will include local vendors, live music, family fun activities, and more. Go to downtownjonesboro.com slash events for more information. Well, there's always people who are going, oh my goodness, what can we do this weekend? So now we have something to do. Oh, yeah. Everybody's invited. Uh, It's, again, the DJA Fall Fest happening in downtown Jonesboro this weekend. And don't forget to pick up a copy of Occasions Magazine with Alicia Bellotto on the cover. Uh, Yeah, she's on the cover talking about Boots and Ballers 2022, which... Golly, what is that? That's uh, a week from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, that's uh, Jonesboro Occasions Magazine. And as Mr. Rodney Poff so eloquently puts it, at the end of every Jonesboro Occasions event roster. I don't think that's going to be worth the buildup, dude. No. Just Pop try. off. <laughs> that was too fast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man you need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. We're talking Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Back with Wet Nose Wednesday and... He's fresh off of all of my social media. Dr. Reed, everybody knows what you did to my poor little okay. buddy, my son, my little angel, Mr. Perfect, yesterday. I know, and I'm not I'm not going to dare drive by your house anytime soon. Oh, man. I feel there'll be retaliation. Yeah, I'm coming after you because this was Leslie's idea. Of course, Leslie's trying to exhibit power over any male that she knows. Okay, so Brandon. So she decides she's going to go make him you know, be half the man he used to be. Well, you know, there there are advantages to it, though. He's not going to be hiking his leg and urinating on everything inside oh. and all that. So, And there's some health benefits, too. It's going to reduce the risk of prostate problems and uh, keep him from roaming and breeding female dogs. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, there's, it's a double-edged sword. But you do recommend it, like in, in all seriousness, if, if somebody gets Definitely. a new pet. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, they just male dogs make much better pets if they're neutered. Okay, so the female pet on the other side of that, are they better pets when they're spayed or not? Yeah, I think so. You know, you avoid them the issues with them coming in heat every about every six months. Uh, there's health benefits for that too. Reduces the risk of breast cancer, uh, which is pretty common. About one out of four unspayed female dogs will come down with uh, you know breast tumors sometime mm-hmm. in their life if they're unspayed. So you know it's a pretty high percentage, and it reduces the chance of reproductive tract disease. In the as they get older, you know, uterine uterine infections or issues. So, uh, you know, overall, I think spaying and neutering is a is it should be recommended for pets. We were blown away. So my dog Murphy Lee, he's a Cava Golden Labapoo or something like that. We're not even really sure what he is. Um, but anyway, like we were afraid that he was going to be really lethargic when he got home. That he was going to need to be kind of kept away from the other dogs. He couldn't get up, you know, and get on the bed or whatever. Kevin, he was acting like nothing ever happened. We were blown away with how quickly he he felt like he was okay. Yeah, so they're they've got pretty remarkable recovery powers. You know, I I think a lot of it is they don't go through that emotional, uh, you know, thinking about it about what happened and you know projecting into the future what what they're going to feel like. I mean, you know, yeah, there's a little discomfort. We send them home with some pain medication for a few days and. Uh, you know, it's basically, fortunately in a male dog, it's just basically a skin incision that they have to recuperate from. So tell me if I'm right or wrong. <clears throat> there was a point where he kicked up his leg and it looked like he was looking down there. Do you think he realized that something was up or was it like itching or what? I, I think probably just the little inflammation there, post-surgical. And, you know, he, you know, it'd be like if you cut yourself and had to have stitches put in it. Yeah. You're going to look at it occasionally because it, it probably stings a little or, you know, it's a little bit uh, tender. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's realizing he's missing anything. I think he just knows that there was uh, something that happened, an incision. See, Brandon? Well, I don't want him to Brand- Brandon thinks he's having some type of emotional trauma. <laughs> I'm just going to tell no, you, if I woke I up one day and mine were gone, they, they already are. <laughs> Leave me alone. Kevin, what do you have for us today as you get us ready for, uh, I know you have a busy work day. Uh, what do you have for us? You know, this is, uh, this is kind of from personal experience. Uh, you know, you saw Patty yesterday. Well, we're taking care of Patty's daughter's dog, mm-hmm. uh, Maggie, and she's almost 13 years old. She's kind of a pit bull mix, very great dog. Patty's daughter just had a, uh, a son born about three weeks ago, and Probably about nine or ten months ago, I removed a tumor from Maggie's the inside of her uh, in, in back leg, uh, kind of upper thigh. And it turned out to be a mast cell tumor, which is a malignant tumor. And the pathology report showed that uh, you know it had we had good margins on it, but they were very narrow margins. And this is a tumor that can recur pretty pretty frequently. And uh, it you know I, I was I felt good about that pathology report, but about a month and a half ago, noticing the same site that I removed the tumor from that it was kind of getting thickened again. And so, you know, it turned out that it had recurred. And, uh, you know, there was the, the, the problem with these type of tumors is that they don't have clear margins and, you know, they're not discrete or they're encapsulated. And so I knew trying to re uh, by then, it was bigger, and I knew trying to re, re uh, resect it would probably not have a good result. 
uh, and not get cleaner margins. So we, there is a little chemotherapy protocol that I did for a couple months, and and it still continues to grow, and it's pretty good size now and actually has an ulcerated area on the skin. Oh. So, you know, we talk about, you know, there's things in dogs that are terminal or they can't recover from, and there is such a thing as hospice care for dogs. And, and basically... That's what we're doing for her, and we're we're keeping her. I have to the the back leg is fully bandaged, and I change that every two or three days to keep her from you know licking at it and trying to chew at it. Um, and and there's you know like I said in in some of these final life stages, if they have a terminal or ultimately fatal disease, or if it's a chronic or progressive disease, you know like end stage kidney heart failure, if they have an arthritis that's debilitating such that they can't walk or any combination of these, you know, we we have to take it a day at a time. And, and I think clients need to know that they, they do have some control of the, of the situation. You know, even though you may feel powerless if it's diagnosed with a terminal disease, you can be proactive about their care. Uh, you know, I try to help with that. And, and basically, there's three things we look at. There are physical issues, um, which includes pain management and management of clinical signs, you know, keeping them clean, keeping their nutrition level good, making sure they can walk, and just providing safety in their environment, uh, environmental areas. Um, and then there's a social aspect, which is engagement with the family members and engagement with other pets, you know, keep the, keeping them mentally stimulated. And then I think we have to talk about their emotional well-being, and that's their dignity. Um, you know, their will to live and, and reducing stress as much as possible. Um, you know, she's not in a lot of pain, and I don't think she's in any pain because she's still walking. We took her up to the cabin this week, and um, Saturday afternoon, she's not real good riding in the golf cart. My other two dogs are, but we rode down to the front by the river, and she loped and galloped around, and oh. even with this bandage on her leg. And, you know, that tells me she's happy. Yep. So, you know, I know there's going to be a time that day that comes where she may quit eating or this may become, you know, spread further and get to the point where it does make her where she can't walk. But um, we had a talk with Patty's daughter and her family last week, and I said, you know, right now she's happy and she doesn't have that emotional or cognitive ability like if a person if you or i had a cancer and knowing what the prognosis was yeah. you know she's living day to day and she doesn't look into the future you know as long as she feels good today it's 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 good for her right and i think that's how we have to look at our pets with end-stage disease yeah obviously if they're not up and around and they're not eating and drinking or you know have chronic vomiting or you know they can't raise their head up yeah we can intervene and, and, and provide a euthanasia, which is a, a good death, you know, where they can, you know, we can intervene and, and alleviate their suffering. And I think that's one of the advantages we have in the veterinary uh, profession is that we can do that. And, uh, you know, I have been involved in some hospice uh, assisted deaths where, you know, we can give them some medication if we know they're on their last leg. And the owners want them to basically kind of die naturally, you know, that, that can be done too. So, um, 
I'm experiencing it firsthand every day and I deal with it every day in my practice. So, um, you know, it's, it's always sad to talk about, but the reality is from the day you get a new pet, you know, it's probably, you're going to outlive it in all likelihood. And it's just one of those realities that is always in the background. Golly. So you know, we're always glad to help, uh, offer advice and, you know, whatever we can. But the, the bottom line is it's all about keeping the pet comfortable. And again, if you want the best guy in town to be looking at your pets, just like what we did with Murphy Lee, is you got to go see this guy right here. He is the man you need. Me. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Find out more at vet-care.com. On Facebook, Vet Care Jonesboro. And this has been another Wet Nose Wednesday with Dr. Kevin Reed. Man, we appreciate you. You did a fantastic job uh, with Murphy and, and my family, and uh, we're just thankful for your friendship, dude. Hey, I'm, he's a great dog. Glad he's doing well. And I will say, Kai's a good-looking kid. I bet you wake up every morning thanking the stars for being married to Leslie. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> See you later, jerk. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Jamie Seaborn of the Jonesboro Police Department and, of course, the D.A.R.E. program. And uh, Jamie's become a buddy of ours over the years because uh, I guess really, you know, you're the guy when I think of Jonesboro Police D.A.R.E., you're kind of the guy I think of now. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll take that. You know, and I remember you telling me the other day that you aren't really a fan of all the other people who did D.A.R.E. before you. <laughs> oh, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Zaffirano. What, what, what's bad is then, you know, Racy got promoted, so now he's my sergeant. So, you know, I got I to, you know, well, yeah. only two, didn't he? Well, yeah. What? Well, hang on. What's wrong with this picture? I know. You know, I, I guess I should have tested for sergeant got promoted, right? No, no. I, I like D.A.R.E. too much. But you did say that Racy, even though he is above you, he doesn't work as hard as you, right? Brandon Baxter, stop. What? what? Just stop. <laughs> Didn't he say that? Yeah, yes, I'm sure he hey, said that. Hey, hey Kelly, that's okay because I want to get back at him because you remember he said he'd only run if uh, someone's chasing him. Yeah. Uh, so if he comes out Saturday, I can hook him up and find somebody to chase <laughs> yes. him. Yes. course. Done. It'll be Jamie, though, this time. <laughs> Hey, 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 if I have to, yes. Let's talk about this because, uh, man, you're coming up on your fifth year for the Dare to Tread the Trails event, which uh, has gone from being like, hey, let's try this and let's do this and let's kind of have it as a as a one-tier event, uh, multiple days, multiple tiers. Uh, you guys are really uh, throwing it out big this year. Well, you know, you got to try to keep making it better, right? Uh, yeah, so Saturday, we're, we're needing people to sign up. Uh, I think we're at 123, so, you know, we need to keep that going and break that 200 mark again this year. Uh, so Saturday we're going to do the run, a 5K, 10K half marathon trail run. Right. And man, if you just if all you do is run the pavement, you have got to try to come out and do this one time because you will absolutely love it. Uh, we've turned a lot of people into trail runners, uh, and it's easier on your knees, Brandon. So you need to come out and try it. Well, see, I wondered about that not running on the on the concrete or running on uh, the asphalt. If that is better. Yeah, and plus, you know, you'll see a route here and there, and it takes your mind off of your distance. So it, it really makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, see, I kind of like uh, the idea of that because when you're just out there, and of course, I see a ton of people mm-hmm. when they go out to Craig at Forest that are running on, you know, the on the asphalt or whatever. But the idea of the trails does keep it a little more adventurous. It, it does. It makes it a lot of fun. And this this rain that's supposed to come through today, it's actually going to help the trails. 
because uh, uh, I'm actually out at Craighead right now, and they're a little dusty. Yeah. But this rain comes out, it's going to make them perfect for Saturday morning. But it's not so. just about Saturday, though, at this point, right? Right, yeah, because, you know, Sunday we got the mountain bike thing. Yeah. Uh, the mountain bike poker ride, and, and we need lots of mountain bikers to come out. And, y'all, last year, uh, so we had a fast group, and then uh, what I call is my slow group because, you know, I'm slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the group that just wants to go out and have fun, uh, we had this group of about 20 or 30 bikers that just rode, and they would stop and take pictures because, you know, it's a poker ride, so you gotta go you got to go hit the poker spots and draw yeah. a card. Uh and uh, and they just would stop and take group pictures and just had a, had a lot of fun. And then we come back and uh, whoever has the best hand, you know, gets to pick from the prizes first and maybe get a little trophy. Yeah. And cool. whoever gets the worst hand, same thing. And then we give everyone a card. And last year, every mountain biker got a prize. Oh, that's so you get a you get a t shirt, a prize usually, and you know, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Well, and it's just I say this all the time. <clears throat> you know, this is either if you're walking, running, or biking. It's exercise, and your body feels better after you're active. And and not to mention, we feed you hot dogs after you get done. Oh, <laughs> come on now! So there's food after it too. And the reason, yeah, yeah, we do food. Well, the reason you do this, I think, let's make it real clear. This is a fundraiser for the Dare program, which goes into our schools and educates our kids not only about drug and alcohol abuse, which is kind of what it was when I remember it first launching in the in the late uh-huh. '80s, early '90s. But it's much more involved in what kids are dealing with in 2022 as far as bullying and the other aspects of of what's happening in schools, right? Yes, and we're actually starting that lesson next week. So they're going to uh, they're going to get the bullying lesson next week. Uh, you know, because it's, it's probably one of my favorite lessons to teach because I think it touches so many kids. Yeah. And, uh, they really open up during that lesson. I, I, I just enjoy teaching it to them, you know, to get them to open up and tell us about stuff. Well, and I wish I would have had that when I was a kid because, and I've said this, you know, for a long time and I'm not making it up. I was bullied pretty heavily in, in junior high and, and high school, uh, and, but nobody was really talking about it. So I kept all that stuff on the inside. I didn't even tell my mom because I was embarrassed about it. So I, I internalized all of that. And for you guys to go into these classrooms at an impressionable age where you're going in to tell these kids, hey, uh, you can get through this, number one. Here's what bullying looks like and here's why not to do it. I think that's just as valuable as the other lessons you teach. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and it's like I said, it's. Uh, I guess it's sad to say that's one of my favorite lessons to teach because it's bullying. But you know, I, I, I just think I think it gives me the most reward yeah. that that lesson there, uh, just just from the contact with the kids and all. Uh, but it's it's really, I don't know, dare. Uh, I'm so glad that I've done dare. You know, because this is going into my sixth year of teaching dare, and yeah. uh, I absolutely love it. Well, there's, there's going to be people who hear us say, oh, it's it's D.A.R.E. with the Jonesboro Police Department. Surely the police department just pays for all the stuff that is done or the school district pays for it. And the truth is, is none of that's true. Right. Yeah. So all the fun, so we have to do fundraisers. Uh, you know, we do the color run in the spring and then, you know, this D.A.R.E. to Tread the Trails event. Uh, and Sergeant Racy does, you know, he does a softball tournament, gives us the money. And uh, but, you know, this is one of our big events. Because we buy all of the shirts and and workbooks for the kids, and I don't know if y'all price t shirts lately, but man, whenever you're buying uh, almost two thousand shirts, uh, <laughs> it's because uh, uh, we we give all the kids shirts and teachers shirts, yeah. uh, you know, all the fifth grade teachers, and uh, uh, you know, we try to supply them with shirts and books, so we we never want a kid to have to pay anything for our dare program. 
And that's the reason that these events happen and Dare to Tread the Trails is a two-day event. It kicks off on Saturday with uh, the run walks and then the uh, the, mountain bike, the mountain bike poker run coming up on Sunday. Uh, Jamie, if people want to sign up, what's the easiest spot for them to, to go to get the information and get the link and all that stuff? So go to Race Roster uh, and just type in Dare, and then you'll, you'll see Dare to Tread the Trails pop up. Yep. Uh, now, registration is going to close tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but you will be able to register day of because we're going to have registration open Saturday at 7 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And also we'll have registration open Sunday for the mountain bike at 8 o'clock in the morning. So you will be able to sign up day of. Uh, packet pickup is going to be at the police station on Friday. If I can get it done earlier, then I may start packet pickup Thursday. Okay. But uh, we're looking at 8 to 5 on Caraway Road, 1001 South Caraway. Yep. Just go to the police station. And you can pick up your packet, and if you don't pick it up then, you can pick it up the day of the event. But we, we just really want people to come out and enjoy our park, have a lot of fun, and raise some money for D.A.R.E. There it is. Jamie Seaborn joins us. And again, this information uh, can be found on Race Roster when you search for D.A.R.E. to tread the trails. Have a great day and a great weekend, man. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, thank y'all, guys. All right, see you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Sarah Rickert, who's here to get us all set up for Fall Fest with the Downtown Jonesboro Alliance. Sarah, welcome. What's happening this morning? Good morning, friends. How are you guys? Hey, good morning. We're good. Where are your kids? I don't hear any kids. They are actually watching the Fat Bear finale. So I don't know if you guys follow the Fat Bear Week up in Alaska where the bears get all fat and they do a bracket and pick. um, They vote on which bear is going to be the fattest, biggest bear. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) So we've been setting bears all week. It's really cool. Hey, can I compliment you real quick on how great you are at homeschooling three kids? Oh, thank you. Well, it's nothing. I mean, it's just the biggest gift. No, yeah, do it for sure. It's seriously the biggest gift. Oh, but I mean, I love we, it. <laughs> we've been able to see it, you know, through social media, really, you know, since the babies were born. It was like, uh, it seems like you were just ready for that. It was like you were made for them. Well, I love it. I do. I love it. And I have cool kids, so that helps. No, they are cool. We were just talking about that. I was telling him that they just, all three of them just converse so well with adults. And I'm just like, man. Where do you oh, thank you. I think they're they're really fun kids, and they're yeah. really fun to talk to. So, where do you think they get their cool from? Their mom or from their dad? <laughs> oh, Brandon. from their dad. <laughs> from their dad. For He's sure. still trying to start stuff. I'm not they, trying. I'm not trying to stir in the family. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, they are totally. Yeah, they're. But look, I mean, their dad's amazing too. So, yeah. I pretty much did. Pretty good. The whole like family department. <laughs> yeah, it worked out okay. Hey, do you remember when there was a hashtag where's Craig? So if I said to you, Where's Craig today? Where's Craig? <laughs> he is working. He's working hard for Jonesboro. Yeah. yeah, he's um works for Jonesboro Unlimited. He helps with really just um helping people see how amazing Jonesboro is. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty easy uh transition for him. He did that a couple years ago and it really has been a huge blessing because now we actually get to see him. So instead of everybody else seeing him on TV, we actually get to see him. So it's amazing. Like we love it. We love having, he gets to coach baseball and, you know, help with flag football and all the things that he missed out on for a while. So now he's, 
totally all in and I love it and the kids love it. So no, and he's always amazing. been like he, I, I met him, I think right when he moved to town before he ever made it on TV, like we met him. Uh, I think it was at the old Hollywood Grill way back in the day on on Highland. Oh, that's and hilarious! Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what brought him here was TV. He yeah. did, He came here with TV, and that's actually he was just telling me last night that that's where they took him to eat the first time when he came here to interview or when he first started or something. So, oh my goodness! Um, so I might have met yeah, him his Mr. first Barber's day. Awesome burgers there, yeah. That's crazy. So, that's, that's a long time ago. Isn't that's old school. <laughs> that's old school right yeah. there, Brandon. <laughs> hey, let's talk about, uh, you know, you you pour a lot of energy into the Downtown Jonesboro Alliance and this Fall Fest event, which is coming up. And uh, I was just now going through the Facebook page and I'm like, goodness gracious, there is so much stuff that's going to be happening downtown coming up. Not only, you know, on Saturday, but really all throughout the week, there's a bunch of stuff. But we're going to focus on Fall Fest and what's happening on Saturday. Sell me on why we should bring the family down. Well, it's just a super fun way. Like, you know, I started, I had just a dream to have a big Christmas festival, kind mm-hmm. of like Hallmark S thing with Joy Fest. And then that just has was so amazing that they, people were like, can you come up with some more <laughs> festivals? So that's where the um, Spring Fest and Fall Fest evolved, just to have some really fun seasonal events that bring family and community together to celebrate the season and all the things that make that season special. So pumpkin, cider, music, craft, you know, all the things that make fall special. So come out, we're going to have, um, first we're going to have great entertainment. We'll have Mar Street Productions. They're amazing. Their music. I mean, they're my favorite. Um, and then we're going to have some great performances by the Link Theater and the FOA. So entertainment's covered for the whole day. That's awesome. Um, then we'll also present Little Miss um, Fall Fest as well. So that'll be fun. And um, then during all of this going on, we'll have, um, that's at the high school stage right there down at Rotary Centennial Park, right. which is right in front of the forum. And we're going to have, in Barton's Village, we'll have lots of fun shopping. Um, so crafts, food, um, boutiques jewelry, like all the just really quality things that um, our amazing people in our community um, do. And then um, Ace Hardware, they'll be there. Did Ace Hardware. They're great. Um, I just, my kids absolutely love going in that store. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we're going to have, they're going to have all the gardening mums and everything that you need for the fall. And they're also partnering with FOA and Master Gardeners to do a really fun fall craft with the kids. So, Oh, wow. That'll be going on. And then in our Andy's um, frozen custard kids section, we're going to have lots of inflatables, the toddler play area, basketball stuff. I mean, like all the fun stuff for the kids, snow cones, lollies, you know, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So lots of fun um, things for everybody. We're going to have food trucks so you can get your lunch and all your um, yummy foods, just a variety of that too. So there's pretty much everything that you want just to come down and, you know, get outside, walk around in the pretty weather and yeah. um, celebrate, you know, these these pretty days, uh, fall days before it gets, um, you know, into winter and all the Christmas things, <laughs> well, sure. which I'm already in, you know, planning oh. for Joy Fest. So. Oh, goodness. I love like the idea of fall and you mentioned spring. So, you know, it's like to me, and I used to say summer was my favorite and it, you know, it, it's awesome and it's sunny in it, but it's so hot uh, on a weekend yes. like this where you're looking <laughs> at here. Yeah, you're looking at decent temperatures to get outside, and and like we're looking for things to do outdoors. I did that this past weekend. Like, 
Where can we go to eat outside? The idea yeah. of having all the food trucks downtown uh, to me is is awesome because I'm a big fan of food. I love to eat, and I've I've really found a joy in going and trying different food trucks and different types of food. It's so, so fun. Yeah, the idea that you have well, that going is good. That's honestly how these started because I really every weekend I was looking for something to take the kids to mm-hmm. to you know be outside and to do things together and creative things. So that's where my um, idea for Joyfest came out of was just where can we go to do something fun for Christmas that has all the Christmas things, um, and that's uh, and Craig finally was like, "Honey, you know how to do this? Just go do it." Yeah, <laughs> so that's um, the best way to do it. Do it yourself. Just done events forever, ever, and he was like, "You can do this." So that's where that started, and that is going to be the first Saturday in December. So mark your calendars for that. But yeah, so and then it was just natural to kind of plan the spring and the fall. Um, to complement that. But those are during the day. And of course the joy fest is at night because we light the big 64 foot tree and all the lights and all of that. So super fun. So again, it's the downtown Jonesboro Alliance and it's fall fest. It happens coming up on Saturday from nine until two. It kicks off at the Rotary Centennial Plaza uh, with the music and with the games and the kids zone and the food and the mums and all kinds of fun. And Sarah Rickert joins us this morning. And hey, it's always good to catch up with you and tell your family that we all said hi. And we'll see you this weekend. Oh, I will. Thank you so much. You guys have an awesome day. You too. Sarah Rickert joins us this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hey, don't forget we have a podcast. You guys can listen to us any time of day, no matter where you are, where you go. If you miss something, we're always there in the podcast. All you have to do is search Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? The Masked Singer is on tonight. Tonight's schedule includes DC Stargirl, Chicago Med, Kung Fu, Chucky, Chicago Fire, Big Sky, and Chicago PD. And Marin Morris will join Jimmy Kimmel. I hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.